Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... We've really held on to, no, we want to be a social enterprise. We need to use a business model because we're a healthcare organisation. And in Australia, primary healthcare, like GP practices are small businesses. So we knew we had to do it that way. But how do you do that as a social purpose organisation that is not profit driven? Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 375 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Rita Prasad Ildes. With over 30 years not-for-profit and public sector experience, Rita concluded that the tackling of entrenched and systemic issues relating to health inequity required a different approach and pursued a social enterprise approach as co-founder of World Wellness Group in 2011, where she currently works as the managing director. Rita and her team have been recognised for their pioneering work in this area with the Queensland Government Multicultural Business Excellence Award, the Telstra Business Award in the charity category, and in 2021, Rita was awarded a Westfield Local Hero Award. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Rita's perspective on the state of impact-led entrepreneurship in Australia, particularly when it comes to this area of health, and we'll get Rita's insights and perspective on social innovation opportunities. So Rita, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. Really excited to be here, Tom. Great. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about your experience in Insights, Rita. So to kick things off, could you please share a bit more about your background and what it was that led to this passion in health and social enterprise? I am actually a social worker by training. I've been working in the sector for 35 years. I think it was really probably a combination of my own personal experience. I'm a child of the 60s, from yep. interracial marriage, came to Australia. My family migrated when I was in my teens. Becoming a social worker, I was always passionate about wanting to really work in the multicultural sector. Yes. And work with migrants and refugees and worked in the not-for-profit sector, but I also ended up working in the public sector. For about 20 years, I worked in mental health and worked really more at the acute end of mental health. And increasingly, this became really frustrated with seeing people in the hospital system who just really ended up there in crisis without there being anything in the community. I had this group of colleagues and friends. We used to vent at each other. Oh, God, they really there was something. And in the end, we said to each other, why not us? Why don't we set something up ourselves? And so it was really five of us, five health workers. Yeah. Together, we formed a company, and we called it World Wellness Group. We had big vision around working with people all around the world. We deliberately chose the word wellness. Yeah. To get away from the illness yes. paradigm. And group, we really saw ourselves as a group, as a tribe, working together, equal partners, and really wanting to do something about it. We all put in $500, got ourselves insured and registered, and sort of never really looked back, really, oh. in terms of where we are today. I love that 
positive focus and that very clear intent on a collective and collaborative approach, which is very consistent typically with, I think, the broader social enterprise community reader. So as the managing director then of World Wellness Group, tell us more a bit about the projects that you've been involved in and the impact that you're creating. Yeah, where do I start? I feel we've been around now for 11 years and we always talk about ourselves as working in the system while we work on the system. Because I think one thing that we've really learned in the last 11 years is that, you know, by running a clinic, we are just lifting really the lid on so many issues and health inequity is very much a systemic issue. Yes. So our projects and I guess our work go really across the whole spectrum. Our engine room is a clinic. If you look mm. at us, we look like a typical medical centre, like a typical GP clinic. But what goes on in the background is quite different. We have a whole lot of, I guess what we would call wraparound support services for people, working people experience, a lot of social disadvantage and complex health issues. Yes. Medical approach is just one approach, but then you need to have support services. So mental health, we even have legal support for people whose health is impacted by their legal problems. Very multicultural focus, so we have specific programs like one is in asylum healthcare. We work with people seeking asylum who actually mm. don't get access to healthcare and so we do a lot of pro bono work. And then we have all this other work sitting behind us, which is what we call our voices. So our lived experience is very important. We will try to be very authentic and hear from the people that we're working with. Now yes. our work is very informed by our clients, but also we really want to get their voices really elevated in the healthcare system so that we can have impact on policy ultimately to tackle the systemic issues. We also really have this other area of work that we call contribute because it's really not just about us. It's really galvanising the support of people across multiple sectors. Yes. And I'm also here talking about the corporate sectors of philanthropy. Now, when I talked before about working with people who don't have access to healthcare because they're people seeking asylum, like a lot of that's actually funded by corporate organisations and philanthropy to help us do that type of work. Yes. And I guess ultimately the other area of our work is what we would call a knowledge hub. Like at the end of the day, we've really struggled with this idea when we started World Wellness Group and people keep asking us, when are you setting up a clinic in other parts of the country and do you see yourself going into a whole franchise model? And I guess as a business, we said, no, we're learning so much from doing what we're doing. But because the fundamental issues that we really focused on are the inequities in the health system, we need to really be using that information to do that systemic work. So yes. I guess we use that knowledge and information and really try and have evidence-based policy discussions and information to influence where the inequities being created in the first place. That's really being an advocate in the system as well. Health workers, we end up doing all the presentations. We try to get really good now at data. We've come a long way in terms of really thinking about what data we need to collect and really contribute that information back into the system to mm. break down inequities in healthcare. That's yes. really our model of how we work. Working in the system while we work on the system. That's very much our motto. I really do like that systems approach that you're taking. It's very wise and it just shows a deeper understanding of what really needs to take place to start to tackle some of this inequity that you're really focusing on. So when it comes then to opportunities that you see to improve our communities, it might obviously be in your expertise of health, but it might be other areas too. Where and what is your current take then on the state of social entrepreneurship 
in Australia as a vehicle to try and tackle some of these problems? Tom, it's such an exciting space to be in at the moment. We only started 11 years ago. We actually really struggled with this notion of social enterprise. Mm. We got quite alone in this space, particularly, I think, because we had a health approach. Yes. And we really looked internationally. Like we looked a lot at the UK because some really great examples how healthcare organisations were doing this through social enterprise, and that really inspired us. I think we can do that here too. Yes. But we felt really a little bit lost, I guess, in the social enterprise sector, meeting with people. I think it was very employment and tech startup focus 11 years ago. Yeah. And we really held on to, no, we want to be a social enterprise. We need to use a business model because we're a healthcare organisation. And in Australia, primary healthcare, like GP practices are small businesses. We knew we had to do it that way, but how do you do it as a social purpose organisation that is not profit-driven, particularly when you're in a business model? Yes. Where it's all about seeing the more people, the more money you make. We can see people with complex health issues or 80% of our workers in languages other than English. That takes much longer. So yeah. there's this market failure in your business model. Yes. And so we really had to learn a lot of really difficult lessons along the way. But looking at it now today, 2023, the whole environment has changed. We've got government that signed up in our policy frameworks. They support social enterprises. We've got social human policies, but it's such a different environment to be working in now. I think people really get now what social enterprises are. Although I do feel from a health perspective, we still have a bit further to go, really hoping that within the social enterprise sector itself, that we can be a little bit more maybe inclusive of those of us who don't fit the traditional social enterprise models. But then again, what is a traditional social enterprise model? We see so many innovative and great approaches, but I think that fundamental, you know, using our profits for purpose, for good, being really clear about that. And I think people sometimes get a bit confused, I guess, typical not-for-profit type of environment that people are familiar with. We actually want to make a profit. We need to make a profit, but it goes back into the business. And so the people understanding all of that, I think we still have some more work to do in that space. But definitely very exciting times in Australia, I think, for social enterprise for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice then would you be giving perhaps to other health practitioners or social entrepreneurs we're working really hard to either tackle this inequity when it comes to access to healthcare or a broader issue. So I suppose that the advice around starting something up or developing up an enterprise that is there to create positive social impact and do it in a way that's self-sustaining. First thing is create a team. Teamwork is so important and really interesting because one of the things that I also find about the social enterprise sector that Sometimes a lot of it's been around personalities in a social enterprise. And so people, the big personalities and people grand ideas, but really you need those leaders. Having teamwork is really important. And I also think particularly as health workers, we are so risk-averse because that's our training. In a social enterprise, you've got to take risks. Like, for instance, we actually started our clinic through a crowdfunding campaign by Start Some Good. Yeah, and, well. you know, we had no idea what we were doing. We weren't even savvy on social media. But, you know, it paid off because people really got behind our vision and idea and we raised some money and we were able to take a lease on a small clinic and that really kick-started our whole journey. So sometimes it's just like I feel the risks are important and then find people who know there's so many great people out there who I think are very generous with their time to share their expertise and their understanding of this and just get expert advice. Like we made 
lots of mistakes along the way 11 years ago when we started. Whereas if we were starting now, there are just so many programs out there and people who really know this stuff. And just get that expert advice because you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of really good stuff out there and tools and resources. I think that's the advice I would give to people today, just on the lessons that we've learned along the way. Mm, yeah, it's fantastic advice. And can very much hear the part about having a strong team and community around you and probably that resistance to heropreneurship. But I think people yeah. certainly got very tired of that front-facing heropreneur, which yeah, for many reasons I think is, it's just so important to have that strong us and we, as you suggest. You've spoken about some other interesting initiatives around. So what are some of those inspiring projects or other enterprises or health organizations that you've come across recently which are really creating some great positive social change. Being a multicultural organization, we all really look up to Saba Abraham from mm. the Muas restaurant. He's been going for over 20 years. A really sad fact is only 5% social enterprises last more than 10 years or something. Yes. This is an organization that's been going for 20 years, training Refugee women working in hospitality. Also, a number of years ago, I met a group of Yolnu women from Arnhem Land in a workshop and I started following them. They're called Hope for Health. What they do is they tackle all the inequities that happen in Indigenous health, particularly around chronic disease. What they do is they teach their communities to reclaim their traditional lifestyles and diets. And they have actually got amazing results by doing that. And these are sort of really great grassroots initiatives that I really feel we need to get behind. We hear so much about closing the gap and inequity in Indigenous healthcare, but this is a bunch of women who just got together and just thought we're going to go to what we know works for us traditionally. And there's people now working with them, documenting all of that and testing that, and they're getting amazing results. Certainly, I would really want to give them a plug and for people to look them up. Hope for health. They're amazing. That sounds like a fantastic organisation. So we'll put links through to both of those in the article. So if you're a listener out there and you want to head on through, then jump on to Rita's article and you'll find those links there. It's a great point there, Rita, just pointing out First Nations and Indigenous health and being in Australia a developed world nation with such huge issues when it comes to the gap when it comes to our First Nations community. So really appreciate you putting a spotlight on that today. Finishing off though, books, resources, other things, what are some of those things that you'd recommend to our listeners that may give them a bit of spark or help them out? I think anyone who's interested about the content of our work or about health equity issues, a really fantastic resource that was actually only launched last December by The Lancet, which is an international medical journal. Mm. They released a whole lot of articles of work that they've been doing internationally looking at the impact of racism, xenophobia and discrimination on health, mm. really taking a very systemic approach. So really looking at racism as a key systemic driver of health inequity in mm. healthy systems. And in a really well researched, I think anyone who's interested in that type of issue around healthcare inequity, I really recommend you looking at those. It's all online. Yep. Answered. And I think from an organisational perspective, I'm a really big fan of Frederick Lelou's book, Venting Organisations. It's just a really fantastic book that looks at the evolution of organisations from the traditional hierarchical models, yes. which he describes as red organisations, to the end of the spectrum, which is teal. 
which is this new model, which I think is really what those of us in social enterprise aspire to be. Flat structures, teamwork, worker self-management, autonomy, and these peer relations within health workers, where we've been trained in these really hierarchical systems, yeah. really thinking we can do things differently. Just the evidence that he presents nationally, where he really case studies some companies that are very successfully doing that, that actually leads to better business outcomes, particularly post-COVID. We're also talking about work has changed and workplaces, what do they look like in the new world? People are looking for that, the autonomy, the flexibility, mm. the less hierarchy, the better structures. And I think that's a great book to read, not to be inspired of others who've done it, but to learn from that and really give yourself the framework in which to see. At World Wellness Group, we really aspire to be that tool organisation. And I think it's a great book to really inspire founders and leaders in this space. I highly recommend that one. That's a fantastic way to wrap up, reader, and some really great advice that you've provided there on and through your reflections thank you so much for sharing your really generous insights and time today really appreciate it and we'll absolutely look forward to tracking world wellness group and the continued work that you do to tackle inequity and access to health so thanks again thank you so much Tom. thanks for having me today Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.